This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Everyone at the Heroes of HP12 is devastated to learn of the tragic passing of season ticket holder and development player Adam Ankers. Adam was taken ill last week whilst playing for the Wickham Wanderers Foundation under-19s team and sadly passed away on Monday. Losing a fan is never easy, but losing someone so young, someone who could have gone on to play for our football club, is especially difficult. Our thoughts and deepest condolences go to the Anchors family, his teammates and everyone associated with the foundation. Rest in peace, Adam. Welcome back to the Heroes of HP12, the Wiccan Wanderers podcast powered by the fans. I'm Michael Kenny, joined as usual by Adam Cooper, Dan Clark and Damien Farrar-Hockley. We kick off with the action from this past Saturday as the Blues secured their first away league win since early October with a morale-boosting 3-1 victory over struggling Cheltenham. Goals from Jack Grimmer and Gareth McCleary, as well as an own goal following GMAC's save penalty in the second half, ensured the precious points, as well as a relatively comfortable afternoon for long-suffering fans. Uh, guys, what a what a difference a week can make. Uh, a much-needed win to cap off a very productive seven days. We'll get into more of that in a bit. Um, what were your thoughts regarding Saturday's performance and an all-important win? Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? Um, the performance perhaps wasn't as as free flowing as we would have liked. Um, I think we done the we done the dirty dog work really really well. Um, I think we defended well, um, and we defended well from the front as well actually, which I think is important against them. When um, when me and Lockie turned up, I was uh, chatting to JT the kit man, and I said, "Well, they've got one plan and one plan only, and that's to pump the ball long because the goal mouths were an absolute mess." Um, I'm surprised that Max didn't have to wear wellies in there, to be honest with you. So it was quite clear from the start that it wasn't going to be a really pretty football match. But I thought we dealt with it really well. Um, I thought Jack Grimmer had a had a really good game. <clears throat> GMAC going forward again looked like the old GMAC. Butcher in midfield, I know we're going to talk about him later, but he has to get a mention. What a player uh, and what a signing that is. Mm. He's like Josh Gowan with an extra foot on top of his head. He's absolutely brilliant. Um, <clears throat> and I think it was a much better team performance and and a really, really welcome morale booster. Um, it, it would be harsh to say we won ugly, um, but there certainly wasn't a huge amount of glorious football played. Um, and... And, you know, I spoke to Blooms afterwards. He was obviously very, very happy, very, very relieved, and more so just happy for the lads that you know they've <clears throat> they've managed to go away from home and get something. And what was always going to be a tough game, it's all very well this time of year looking at the table and going, oh, the bottom of the league, we should have beaten them. But actually, you know, they're the ones that are scrapping, and often, as other teams around us are finding, um, these games are the ones that you can come unstuck in. So, no fair play to to Blooms and the team. It would have been really easy to make five or six changes with the new faces coming in. Um, and I think he um, he wanted to introduce them slowly. So fair play to Blooms and the team. 
good performance, more importantly, three points and a good result, and hopefully sets us up nicely for the weekend with um, with a week with no game. They'll have uh, five days on the grass to uh, to prepare for what's a, a tough run of fixtures. I was really pleased with how we weathered the first 10, 15 minutes of the game um, because they, you know, they came out all, all, all guns blazing, basically trying to go for it. I mean, Adam's totally right. They wanted to punt the ball into the box and um, see what they could get out of it. And we were quite lucky lucky that Curtis Davis didn't connect to one, one of their early corners and he hit it straight at max. But um, after that, I mean, I, I don't want to say we ran the game, but it, I, don't, I never thought we were going to lose that game from that point. As soon as we scored the first goal. Um, they have signed a lot of players, so like Adam said again, it was going to be a difficult game, including the knob end that is Matty Taylor. It was inevitable he was going to score, but then he dived for a penalty to try and get a penalty and got booked. So I was so pleased with that. It what a just, goal that! What a goal it, that was! Though it was a great well. goal, but, but he's a diving git, and I hate him. Um, <laughs> I hate him when he was at Oxford, and yeah, I'll move on because that could be a long, long rant. But um, I generally thought. The mix of the new players with, you know, the more experienced and the uh, and the players in um, in currently in form, like the back the guys at the back and Jack Grimmer did brilliantly uh, replacing Taff in in this as centre back and then scored off. And now in his interview, he said he wouldn't say where it was, so you can kind of guess where where, where the ball came off for his goal. But um, yeah, I just I was really pleased with the way we formed after we weathered the storm and then got the first goal it's particularly sobering what you put in that little bit of a preview before huh, michael that's our first away league win since early october mm. it's february bloody hell <laughs> as look it was well deserved it was well deserved but um that's that is how a side of that quality should be playing anyway um that it is great it, it's much better performance, much more assured. Um, there wasn't as much of a worry about the game management because we'd actually seen off the game well. I feel like we actually took what we, the momentum we had from Brighton into Saturday by getting off, getting out of the tracks early, traps early, even, um, and and you know getting goals in quick succession. Um, and, and kind of actually in some way seeing it off in the first half. I think that that really kind of helped us a lot um, and allowed them to play a bit more comfortably. Um, I mean, thank God for Jack Grimmer's balls. You know, that, that set us off nicely, didn't it? I didn't want to say that, but... <laughs> That's the first time I've shown any appreciation for any Scottish gonads. So... And I'm doing it publicly, publicly on the podcast. So, beautiful, so thank beautiful you, Scottish grown-ups as well. <laughs> thank you, Jack. And GMAC and Vokesy linking up for that second goal was just, yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. I mean, really nice worked. It was quick as well. That was the difference. It was so, we were so quick. It wasn't a slow build up. It was GMAC was out, Vokes, that flick to put him through as well. It was just brilliant. And as soon as they set it up, it's unlike the goals we've been scoring lately, and it was refreshing, wasn't it? As things stand, that's the that's my personal pick for goal of the season, um, and I think it's probably the the best thirty seconds of football I've seen us play all season easily. Uh, it was a wonderful counter, lightning fast and ruthless as well. But good from Voxie as well. Um, I mean, just just to have that sight, you know, that foresight to kind of. Uh, especially under pressure, because I think he had two players around him at the time. The big question that I've got uh, is, uh, will Jack Grimmer's balls go down in um, in folklore with Danny Ballman's bum? Um, because <laughs> we're still talking about that guy, what, 20-odd t- years on. So, uh, yeah. Hope- yeah, but the, the, reason why, the reason why we talk about that, though, is that was his first ever touch of a so ball. Was his first touch? <laughs> it was like, our first point of the season, wasn't it, as well? I think so, yeah, because we were really down in the yeah. dumps there. Well, I might yeah. be wrong in saying this, but I think that's Jack Grimmer's ball's first touch as well. <laughs> we'll Jack have, Grimmer we'll have, will be able to clarify that. Yeah, we'll have to ask him. We'll have to someone ask him on Twitter, or ask Mrs. Grimmer. Yeah, or Mrs. Gr- I don't know. If she, I don't know if she'd know. I don't know if she'd know, Damo. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't even know if she'd divulge that information. 
especially someone she didn't know, Damo. I mean, if, just imagine walking up to her in the car park and going, has your husband been hitting the balls before? And, and just no introduction, nothing like that. Just ask her outright. Oh, well, to be fair, with Damo as our resident BDSM expert, this is the kind of question, <laughs> this is the journalism that we expect from Damo. Yeah, um, there's, I'm not there's... allowed to tie her down. Let's swift. Let's swiftly move away from all of this. Um, <laughs> let's well, do that. We we very we very briefly touched on. Uh, we probably need to be careful how we word that. We briefly mentioned uh, Matt Butcher, and we're going to talk about him a whole load more uh, in a bit. But first, first impression of him, very, very positive. I mean, uh, a pinpoint accurate pass to to essentially make the penalty. Um, very impressed with what we saw there. How good is he? Uh, mm. And he's consistent as well. That's the message coming from the Plymouth fans is the fact he's consistent. He don't get injured as much touch wood. I am actually touching wood here as well. Um, I am really hopeful for this guy. I just, I think what difference he makes in midfield. Um, just how, yeah, as Adam said, he's like Josh going with like a foot taller. Um, just it's, it's foresight for, um, for Vokes's ball for the penalty as well, you know, to to hit across across the penalty area, things like that, and just his hold up play. It's just yeah, that, that's what we want to see, and it is such a good signing for us. I'm I'm really reassured. I know you can't go off one uh, one performance, but the fact that you've got Plymouth fans singing his praises, the fact he's consistent, yeah, that's that's the kind of signing we needed. Does it mean that? Josh might struggle to get back in the team. What do we no, think of that? No, do you think no. do you think he's not he's not as good as Josh? I think what it will probably mean is that we might see a bit more of Butcher. I th- I'd love it if Butcher Lee Scoan made something in the middle and then you see maybe Pottsmore as a number ten. Uh or just kind of sitting behind. For me, that's how I'd see it working anyway. Um the the problem is now we do have a bit of a conundrum in midfield because obviously Saxon early was bought for left back or brought in for left back. Matt and Luke have both kind of reiterated in um, many interviews that they don't want to keep Luke at left back position. Therefore, he's going into centre midfield. We've only got eleven spots, and a few of them are reserved for centre midfielders. Who are we playing? I mean, the fact is as well, Wheeler hasn't done a bad job while he's been in there as well. So I know he's like a Swiss army knife, you can put him wherever, but we've got so much more depth now, but who do you play? Who misses out? Well, I think Wheeler doesn't get a look in, does he? He's going to be that half an hour's energy off the bench. Um, I think Luke can play wide left as a 10, centre midfield. So I think there's always going to be a position in there because he can play so many different positions, but just on Butcher... How nice is it just to have a player who does the basics so well? How long have we been sat on this podcast saying we need to do the basics better? And he just picks the ball up, gets his head up. If there's not a pass on, he doesn't do anything elaborate. He just turns into space and plays the easiest pass. Then when he's further forward, he just gets his head up and he plays people in. There's There's nothing complex, nothing flash, nothing... You know, Silly is just a really, really tidy little footballer. And do you know what? He came out afterwards. He spoke to Lockie. He must have been chatting for about five minutes. What a nice bloke as well. Um, You know, for somebody who's literally had a week of probably turmoil, you know, going from Plymouth to up here to, you know, playing for a championship club to playing for a League One club and all that goes with, you know, the move and everything. He was so down to earth, such a nice guy, <clears throat> fits the profile of Wickham Wanderers so nicely. Um, and and to me, you know, that just, that sort of was was the cherry on top of the cake, if you like, because what a footballer, but what a bloke as well. Um, really, really good find. Um, that's a great bit. And we've bought him. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say exactly that. He's ours, not alone. Bought player. him. Yeah, I'm 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 very excited by him. I I also we have to applaud his professionalism as well. Um I mean, I think when you get a player come down from the championship, you've seen it in the past where players will wear almost uh they'll they'll smile but you can see a bit of disappointment that they've dropped down a level. Um none of that uh, apparent on his face and uh, and none of that in his performance as well. It was a really good positive performance. I think what I really liked about him uh, on Saturday was just the the want to get up the pitch, the want to progress the ball 
uh, into the next third was something that I really enjoyed seeing. I mean, we see it all too often uh, in you know in in Wickham sides, but but you know in it in teams that like to try and hold on to the ball, you kind of get these aimless side passes uh, in the midfield as they're trying to kind of work something out. But I didn't see a lot of that. I saw him try and get the ball as far forward as he possibly could. I like that directness. He seemed aggressive. He also had the physicality as well, which I think we really need in the centre of the park. I think he's going to link up really well with Josh. And I'm really Uh, excited to see, you know, if we've got... Because I I, I can't imagine uh, having having Butcher and Scowan as a as a double pivot. I think that's still Potts and Scowan with Butcher playing further up. Um, at least that's how I see it anyway. But I love the fact that we've got options. We're going to talk a little bit more about squad selection headaches in a bit. But yeah, I mean, this is, this is a player that's a potential new favourite. And this is already the Luke Leahy Love Club podcast as it is. Uh, it's going to become a real dirty love fest. So uh, cover your ears, kids. One thing I did want to mention, though, is obviously we have to not trying to bring the mood down or anything. Winning is fantastic. It's great that we've got that first away win since October. First away, uh, first win of any kind in the league since early January. Um, obviously, morale's up. That's great. It's great to see the enthusiasm and the the optimism come back online. Much needed at this point. Um, but it was Cheltenham that we beat. And they've improved uh, under Daryl Clark. There's no doubt about it. But I think based on that performance that we saw, you know they're 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 on the chopping block. Um, do we need to be a little bit careful about getting overly uh, infused when we do pick up these points because we should be winning these games? I don't think so for a couple of reasons. First of all, you know you look at some of the results that we've had recently. <clears throat> you look at the performance that we put in against Fleetwood, who are equal, equally as bad. Um, you know I think you've got to try and be as level-headed as you can about all of your results. Yes, we should have beaten them, but we should have beaten Fleetwood. Um, and you look at the signings that they've made, actually, you know, it could have been much worse. You know, we spoke, we touched on Taylor earlier, but, but how many times has that bloke uh, scored against us and made our lives uncomfortable? Um, yeah, okay, he scored, but really he came on at a time where he wasn't going to affect the game a huge amount. Um that was the first time I've actually been to Cheltenham where there was genuinely some sort of atmosphere. I mean, it wasn't a great atmosphere, but there was some sort of atmosphere. The the locals were trying to get behind their team. Um, and look, it could easily have been a banana skin. Um, and if we'd have put in a performance like we did against Fleetwood, you know, the players would have got a load of stick and rightly so. So, you know, let's, let's make sure that we are giving credit where credit's due and calling out the good performances and, and, you know, helping with that growth in confidence because this run that we've got, we've touched on it before, particularly Dan's touched on it before, is going to be bloody tough. Um, and look, all the confidence that we can possibly get is is much appreciated. So let's bottle that feeling up and uh, feed it to the rest of the squad over this week and hopefully go into Saturday with, uh, with a positive performance. A win's a win. It doesn't say, you know... When you look when you look at the table and you see the amount of wins, it doesn't say, "Oh, one was against Cheltenham, though, does it?" You know, and when the players get back to the training ground, they'll be buzzing. And you can working with a happy squad has got to be the best thing for the Blues, surely. Um, if they'd gone to Cheltenham and God forbid lost, you know, he'd have to try and pick them off the floor. But he doesn't have to do that this week. And like Adam said earlier, they've had a full week. You know. With that buzzing feeling, and I just really think it's it's a good good stead going into this run that we've got coming on. We've set ourselves up well, haven't we? At the end of the day, that's that's the key for this. Is that it's not even just the result. We haven't ground out the result there. We've actually played well as well. I know yeah. we're saying it's Cheltenham, but it's Cheltenham away, and it was Fleetwood at home last week, and we struggled against them. So you know it's. It's more positive in the manner, and it's not just Cheltenham. It was Brighton as well on the Wednesday. You know that that's a much more assured performance. That you know, essentially, we've scored nine goals in a week, and that was it's a long time since we were doing that beforehand. So, yeah, you've got to take that as a positive. The momentum has started to shift. So, if they back that up with performances. Uh, over the next few weeks, then we should be okay. I mean, I'm a bit more hopeful for Peterborough. Um, I'm a bit 
pessimistic about Bolton. We'll see how that goes. But, you know, signs are better than what they were a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And um, I, I think I think we just need to strike a good balance of realism and, and optimism. I think it's just the important thing. Uh, it, I, I thought I thought it was a good performance. I was delighted with the result. Um, and, you know, positivity breeds success and success breeds more success. So um, I think we've, uh, you know, as it's been said, I think we've set ourselves up really well and given ourselves a platform. Um, one one thing that we might need to work on before our next couple of games is our, is our penalties. Obviously, GMAC uh, missing, uh, having a penalty saved. It was a bit of a weak effort, low down. Um, I, I think I think I probably would have saved it all right, actually. And obviously, GMAC replacing uh, Luke from from last week after he missed uh, essentially two penalties in a row. Um, should we be worried about this? Do we need uh, more penalties in training? I'm sure Blooms is probably on it, right? Look, before Exeter, Lee he had never missed a, a penalty in a competitive game. Um, he's missed two. I don't know how many he's taken, but it's not a bad record. I think. Yeah, he's only missed two. It's not a disaster. Um, personally, I think if he's your, your penalty taker at the beginning of the season, you stick with him. Um, unless it's something really disastrous and, you know, he misses 100% of his spot kicks, then then you change it up. But, you know, he might have had his head down a bit, might have been a bit, uh, a bit worried about taking it. But I think now, moving forward, Luke is the penalty taker. Um, you know, and, and the ball falls to him ultimately. Um, yeah, it was a weird one because GMAC converted that penalty the week before so brilliantly, like top corner, unsavable. Mm. Um, and that was just like a little old school, you know, playground P-roller, wasn't it? It was, uh, it, it was just yeah. sort of rolling against the floor with no power whatsoever. Um, and really, they should have dealt with it much, much better than they did. But um, thank God they didn't. And thank God for Freddie Potts. In the videos that um, the club put out of the after match um, reaction to go around the players and GMAC said to the camera, I'm not taking penalties anymore. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see if that was a throwaway comment or not. But um, no, I agree. I mean, I would stick with probably stick with Leahy. I mean, like he's got a great record. He's just a bit of a crisis of confidence in the last few games uh, from the spot. But no, you know, he's got a great record overall. So why not stick with him? We need to practice them though, because if we're going through to Bradford and it goes through to penalties, that's two different players that have missed penalties now. So if we're going to take BDSM seriously, we need to strap ourselves up and get ourselves sorted out properly. Penalty shootouts are BDSM enough, aren't they? Um, before we move <laughs> on, uh, hero of the match, please, gentlemen. I can't pick between... I was going to say three, but um, but but certainly between two, um, thought GMAC and uh, and Butch were were both absolutely outstanding. Um, as we touched on, GMAC just giving that outlet that was like old school Gareth McCleary, wasn't it? Just super quick, super direct. Um, I think probably Butcher just shades it because he's only just come in. As we touched on, it would have been a turbulent week. It would have been difficult to slot in there. Um, particularly with a lot of expectation. I think he done it really, really well. Um, so for me, uh, Butcher just about takes it off of uh, off of GMAC. Jack Grimmer deserves a mention as well, because I think he had a really good game. I'm just going for GMAC uh, because of the goal. And I mean, it, the, the link up with Vokes, it was two ex-premiership players who know how to play that sort of football. Um, and we haven't seen the old school GMAC for a little while. You know, he's been off the pace a little bit. Uh, we've, all, we've all said it. So I, I just think it was one of the most um, one of his best performances of recent times. I'm I'm going for GMAC. Richard Kone. No, we say that every time he plays, but he didn't play. So no, we're not going Richard Kone. Um, I'm actually going to go with Sam Vokes, um, mainly because he got himself in the right areas. He was uh, a trouble for their attacking or for their defenders. Um, really knew how to play off. Uh, Curtis Davis very well win the fouls I think he was just really important for us in our attacking threat which made the difference I would have potentially gone for Matt Butch because I think he was very solid but I'm going with Vokesy Grimmer also GMAC yeah you're, you're all right I mean everyone's right there's so many good players to choose from which tells you it's a good team performance 
Yeah, yeah, it really was. Uh, so, so many to pick from. Also, um, Beverly Lubala's uh, like absolutely insane attempt to lob mm. the keeper. If that had gone in, yeah, I'm going to give the hero of the match to um, Jack Grimmer and uh, and his golden Braveheart knackers. But also, just because I think I think Grimmer, um, I think he made it into the team. I think he made it into quite a few team of the weeks. Um, he's been on one over the last month and a bit. I I mean we we've always loved Grimmer and I think he's always been quietly consistent, hasn't he? But recently it's been very noticeable and uh I love the passion, I love the energy. Um and he's he's our braveheart and I've been loving his performances lately and uh, I hope it can continue. Um, we, we've talked about the old guard, but we need to talk about new players now. Uh, this past January transfer window will probably go down as one of the busiest and perhaps most dramatic in recent times. Since our last podcast, we've bolstered the ranks further with the uh, aforementioned Matt Butcher, signed from last season's promotion winners Plymouth, as well as Saxon Early and Dutch central defender Nigel Longwick, signed from Plymouth and Wolves respectively. Uh, lads, in total, that's seven new arrivals in January, three permanent signings and uh, four loans. Uh, the squad, it looks very different to how it did uh, only a month ago. Um, but it's a squad that I think looks quite ready to tackle the uh, second half of the season. Dare I say, um, and, and feel free to argue with me here, I think we look better off now than than the squad did before Christmas. I keep going back to the interview with Pete uh, that they had just after the transfer window at, at that, that point they'd had kind of middle in the evening um, and he was chatting with the Brighton guys and saying that their analyst has said, you shouldn't be in the position you're in. You should be in the top eight. And you're right with strengthened. So with that potential in mind, where would that put us now? Now we've brought in players that essentially were at the top half getting promoted last out of this league this time last year um it bodes well for us but now we really need to use that to build on i think it proves that matt's got the tools and the depth there to be able to um he's got the players there to to do some good things um i think it will be a good test of his metal to determine how he gets the best out of those players i'm particularly excited about nigel lomwick or lomwick who yeah is it is it wick or wike i think it's wike yeah virgil van dyke so if you think about virgil van dyke virgil yeah. Lomwijk, yeah i mean he he comes very highly regarded from plymouth i think you know he had a really good season there last year um i banded about some stats to you guys at which point adam threw up and <laughs> but he looks good um he looks solid and the fact that a couple of our defenders are made of paper, I think that's a very reassuring, um, a very reassuring signing for us. I'm I'm just happy that actually, it's a recognition that Matt's decided that probably three at the back isn't right. Um, he's gone to the four at the back, but then he's built in depth where we've needed it. Um, and they keep going back to that squad depth chart. I'm glad they have because I feel that's been missing in previous seasons. I just think the January transfer window has been really useful for us. I just hope it pays dividends. I think the mix of youth and experience that we've got in this January transfer window was, you know, sort of genius move, really. Um, you're getting a player like Matt Butcher, who's played end games in the championship, and then you get some some guys from, some young guys from the premiership clubs. It's just, it's, He's just got to mould it in so that that mix is not, you know, like sometimes at the beginning of the season, if you've got too many players in, you know, it doesn't look like a team. He's just got to gel them. That's what we've got to do now. But yeah. I really like the mix that we got in January because it just shows that, like Dan just said, they're going for two players in each position. And that's basically the way we need to go from now on. Yeah, I really like all the look of all of them. Um, I think the biggest thing for me, I've spoken about this probably more than most over the last few weeks, is that human aspect 
of things that I think we lost sight with, with the Lyle Taylor signing and a couple of other signings. Um, mm-hmm. These guys genuinely seem like really nice blokes. Like I said, Matt Butch. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points at the death. Who doesn't love a last minute winner? Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? A participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. To stopped and spoke. Um, Labala, I thought he was going to come home in my car. Um, I, couldn't get, I couldn't get rid of him. <laughs> he was talking to me more than Lockie was. Uh, such, such a nice guy. Um, I can't put into words how nice he was. He was brilliant with Lockie. Um, and then Big Nige, as he will always be known to me, um, is definitely rivaling GMAC for the coolest footballer in uh, in League One, um, but also seems to be a really nice character. Um, and like Dan said, you know, he's got experience at the top of this division. He's not just got League One experience. Um, he's got League One experience at the very, very top. Um, I think the important thing for me is as well, you know, as... As fans, we touched on this a little bit with, you know, through the difficult form. But as fans, all the club can do is deliver what the fans want. And, you know, if you wrote down on paper the areas that you wanted strengthening, we would all have chosen the same areas and they've been strengthened. And they've been strengthened with better players than what we had, than the ones that have gone out. Um, You know, Blooms has been backed. He's gone and got the players that he wants. Um and, you know, there's no hiding behind it now. There's no excuses. Um, we've got to go and get some results. But it's been a really positive January. I think that's the most positive January window that we've ever had. Um, and we've now got to go and pick some points up. And like, I think it's I think it's too late. Let's be realistic. We're not going to be making a playoff charge. Um, but if we, can, if we can finish around mid-table and have a trip to Wembley, um, I would argue with anybody that that's a really good season for a club of our size in League One. Yeah, that's uh, you're not going to get any arguments from me there. Um, in, if I had to kind of pin you guys down and ask for specifics in terms of which of the new seven, let's call it the magnificent seven, um, which which of the signings in January excited you the most? For me, it was Butcher, just because we've seen how good he is um, for a long time. Having met them and seen them, um, I, I really want Labala to do well. It's just got that kind of infectious personality that when you meet him, you'll absolutely love him. Um, I really want him to do well, but the one I'm most excited about is Butcher. Um, yeah, as you all said, you know we've actually signed him as well. This isn't a, a player who's coming in on loan and then is going to clear off in the summer to to bigger and better things. Um, that. That really excites me. Having good players, but good blokes as well through the uh, through the door. Those two for me are the ones that, that I'm really excited about. Um, and you know, hopefully, Big Nige can can come in. He's going to have a battle with Jack Grimmer. Jack Grimmer's not giving that centre back spot up easily. Um, but if he comes in and and adds to the ranks at the back as well, I think we've got a really exciting second half of the season in front of us. What I'm most excited about is actually Richard Kone because I think he could go on to have a hell of a career. Um, the guy looks like he's he's a natural goal scorer and he's strong. But he'll put he'll put all this talk about Uche to bed hopefully um, because I think he's 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 that sort of player. And obviously, folks ain't getting any younger. I think genuinely think he could lead our, lead the line for us for years to come after folks retires. You know those Uche rumours are going to start as soon as summer rolls around. Of course, just... of course they will. Can... But Richard Coney should should have scored enough goals to just 
quell them all. Let's hope so. I, I like the fact that we've actually started, we've used this window as vitally as we would the summer one, um, in the fact that you can see the foundations of a squad beyond this season uh, coming into effect, like with Butcher coming in permanently, Kone being one for the future, um, and, and what have you. Like I, There was a slight worry from my point of view that, and not to say that they're going to go and retire, but Vokes is obviously uh, just a bit younger than me, I think, so he'll be 34, 35 this year. Um, he's 35 this year. McCleary's has always been 36 and will remain 36, so that won't change. But they're nearing nearing the end of their games, plus all these lone players. Um, we would end up with the basis a, a, a thin squad again come the summer. Um, in terms of who excites me, I'm going to go with you, Damo. Richard Coney just excites me just for the pure potential. Uh, that he has, we've got to nurture the guy. We've got, and and the only way he will progress is if we develop him right and don't build up this level of pressure and expectation on him um, that football fans seem to do. Um, but again, I, I feel like I'm sitting on the fence here in terms of someone that's already developed and in terms of who's going to make a massive difference to the second half of our season. I think, yeah, you're right. Matt Butcher is going to be that guy. So it's hard to say. I can't put for, for pure excitement, Jermaine McSporran level kind of excitement. It's Richard Koenig. Okay, I know. I I knew it was a hard question to ask, and I'm sorry for asking yeah. it. But I got some. I got some good answers there. Um, I mean, we we mentioned it a couple of minutes ago. Better depth. Uh, that obviously means the selection headaches are going to be a thing again for the gaffer. Um, we we know. I think. I think the obvious players that stand out that instantly go into the first team, Matt Butcher is is going to be one of the first names on the on the team sheet going forward. Um, but which of our new loanies, uh, including uh, obviously Chem Campbell as well, who came in uh, earlier on in January, um, which of our loan superstars do you think or do you expect are going to get the most game time? Who's going to have to make way for these exciting new permanent players in the future of Wickham Wanderers Football Club? Who I want. It will be Saxon early. I don't think he... Well, sorry, no. Uh, Nigel Lomwag, I hope, will get the longer time because I just think, performance-wise, brilliant. I think Saxon early will probably get the most if he stays fit, purely because we have a real need for a left-back. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I agree. I was going to say Saxon early um, because I'm sure Matt wants to get uh, Luke into midfield as soon as he can. And if he's fit, get him in and the Plymouth fans are, are itching to have him back having had minutes so you know they obviously think he's worth it agree with you both um, Saxon looks like he's he's really one for the future and look, I think Plymouth will have half an eye on although they won't admit it but, but Plymouth will have half an eye and he's going to come to Wickham and who better to work with than, than JJ you know I think JJ will be looking over him and pointing him in the right direction uh, and what a guy to have doing that um i'd really like to see it. i can't get out of my head i keep going to call him nigel van dyke um but he isn't virgil's brother <laughs> it's just <laughs> just my stupid he looks name. a lot like yeah, him it does um but look, i would i would love to see nigel get a regular place in the team it looks like farino is going to be out for a while um you know tafazoli is ill at the moment you know hopefully he's better soon and back in contention um, but but hopefully there'll be some room to to see him get some minutes. But yeah, I think I think it'll be Saxon who gets the most minutes, just be, like the other boys have said, just because of the need for somebody in that position. Sure, I think Saxon early sounds like a toast of London character. Saxon, um, I did you know what I'm 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 surprised that we're that we're saying this because I don't know for some reason I just think that uh I and and I'm probably going to be wrong here but Saxon just kind of looks like a kind of player that would be the kind of guy that you'd bring on after 60 minutes if we needed some if we needed an option I for some reason again this is purely speculation I've just got this feeling that Luke's gonna remain at left back and the reason why I think that is because of Matt Butcher coming in um I think it kind of clout it kind of clutters up the the midfield um, I think you've got Josh, you've got Potts in those kind of uh, defensive um, midfielder roles. And then, you know, I, we also can't forget um, Kieran Sadlier as well. 
who you know operates right. down the down the left. So we've we've got you know and Butch is going to be Butch is going to be. I just don't think there's room for for Luke in this midfield anymore. So I think he's going to stay at left back, and I think Saxon is the the left back cover that we were absolutely screaming out for. I don't know. They keep mentioning that Luke's going into centre mid. They mm. keep mentioning it. It's been a prevalent point in the comms. And I don't, I don't I think Plymouth would have given it, given us Saxon if he wasn't going to get minutes because that's what they, what they went for him. Yeah, look, yeah. I, I, I hope I'm wrong. We, we, we've said it many times. The uh, centre mid is is Leahy's best place for us to, to for us to have him. Um, so yeah, so yeah, so so perhaps I'm wrong. We will find out on Saturday for sure. Um, but b- before we get to our previews, cup. Cup stuff, cup glory is beginning to feel like a very real possibility. Uh, Last Wednesday, we progressed to the semi-final of the Bristol Street Motors Trophy with a convincing 4-1 win over Brighton's under-21s. A trip to Bradford is our reward, uh, but only one game away from a potential trip to Wembley. Uh, Guys... Well, this this we get this out of the way really really quickly. With all the under twenty one prem sides out, we're we're taking this thing seriously now, right? We're taking it seriously because it's a semi final. However, it just the game game like last Wednesday proves exactly the point. We've now I think it's four four under twenty one teams that we've played now this season in this cup. Why are we still having the under twenty one prem sides? It separates the men from the boys. You can see that because we've absolutely dominated those games really. Um, it's, it's been without a shadow of a doubt the, the the more simple game. I think we've had an easier run. I'm actually more worried about the semi-final and how we progress in that because I feel it's going to be a tougher test than it was against the under-21s, which just proves that they shouldn't be in this competition. I'd much rather give it to the top 12 sides of the National League and let them have a chance at Wembley and the two relegated sides or whatever than to give it to these under-21 sides because I just one, I don't think they're learning anything and two, it's actually just like delegitimizing, if that's a word, uh, the cup a bit. Does Does anyone know if an under twenty one side has ever made the semis? I don't think so. My gut feeling is the Premier League teams are probably uh, making this a much more attractive draw for sponsors, which is why the uh, prize money is so much more. A hundred percent agree with your sentiment, Dan. Um, but. I think that there's probably more to it as far as the sponsorship is concerned, which is why the Football Association are, are, are sticking with things as they are. Um, I mm-hmm. think I agree with the most of the points you've made. Other than you know, West Ham and Brighton have actually had some really positive results against football league opposition. Um, you know, West Ham absolutely bulldozed Colchester, which at the moment isn't a particularly difficult thing to do. That's not hard, uh, is it? But, you know, we put them to bed very, very easily. That Brighton team, I went with a mate of mine who um, who supports Brighton. He was saying a couple of them have, have had first-team appearances in the last couple of years. Um, you know, so although we would be expected to beat them, I don't think we can just, get a bit like the Cheltenham result, I don't think we can just brush it under the carpet and go, oh, you know, as a bunch of kids, we should have beaten them. Um you know, like you touched on earlier, Dan, we scored four goals. Really, really good springboard going into this tough run. Um, we got a semi-final on Sky. Um, it's the only person who's happy about the draw. I think is probably Dan um, Bradford on a Tuesday night. Very it's, happy. Uh, <laughs> it's not the easiest away game for anybody, so I think everybody will be, or most people will be watching it from home. But um, look, we're we're one step from Wembley, and you know. A, what looked like it was going to be a disastrous season when every, when the players and the manager are getting booed off at Leighton Orient just before Christmas could be turned into a Wembley trip by April. So, um, so yeah, taking it seriously. We've got to be taking it seriously simply because of that cherry at the end. You no, know, big Wembley Wembley trip. It, it's gonna even if even if we went there and we, we didn't actually win it. You know, it's a big confidence booster. You know, players. Got to get to play at Wembley. Some of the young players might get to play at Wembley for the first time. I just think at this point in, in time, you've got to best, play your best team against Bradford. Mm. Uh, maybe put a bit of uh, inexperience in there, but play your best team. You've got to try and get to that final. 
Yeah, we, we played a very strong side uh, and, and the results showed for it against... Uh, yeah, I mean, um, I, I honestly thought that we... Going into the Brighton game, I, I was expecting a really difficult test. I mean, we every, everyone knows how uh, fantastic Brighton's youth setup is. All you need to do is look at their starting eleven every week and just see the the youth that's flowing in and out of that side. Um, so, so I thought it was going to be a very difficult uh, test for us to go and score four goals. Uh, was absolutely uh, uh, terrific, but some really good performances as well. Uh, Kieran Sadlier, um, as we mentioned. Uh, two great well taken goals looks he he looks like he's really uh on top form at the moment uh and i think he's one of our um better players overall um but also really good uh, showings as well from Dell Taylor who scored another goal to further boost his confidence and as we've mentioned many times already uh, another fantastic performance from Jack Grimmer down the right um all in all, uh, wonderful performance. I mean, the only the only uh, negative on it was uh, was that uh, straight red shown to one of Brighton's players who uh, who who looked like they were trying to end uh, Freddie Potts's career. Uh, absolute moment of madness there. Um, but luckily, uh, Potts was uh, okay. Um, obviously, Bradford, uh, not not too far from you, uh, Dan. I expect to see you on Sky Cam uh, in a, in, a, right. in a couple of weeks. Um, Obviously, we, we've already been there this season uh, in the FA Cup. That was a successful trip up there. Um, but they're not an easy side to play, so I don't think we can uh, take it for granted, can we? Aaron Killian Phillips dominated that game, if you remember, as well. So that's that's the issue. I mean, I wouldn't be able to say from first-hand experience because my car broke down, so I wasn't able to go, <laughs> even though I had every intention of going. Um, hopefully, it doesn't happen this time. But... Yeah, they're killing Phillips around the show there. So we've got a bit of a different outlook. You've got they've got a different manager since they've picked up some results. They've been a bit inconsistent at home. They've drawn a few, lost to Crawley, drawn against Wimbledon. So it's not going to be easy. They'll be up for it as much as we are. If their fans are, they're going to probably get around twenty thousand there. So it'll be a big crowd compared to you know three of us. Mm. So. You know, it'll be an interesting one. I mean, the fact is, though, if you can get up there and you've got the time off, it's a tenner for a ticket for an adult. Right? So it's it's a game of football with a chance of Wembley at the end of it. So it's exciting. Big, big incentive. And we will break it down and preview it in the, in the coming weeks in more detail. But uh, bef- before we move on to our previews, uh, I guess only one question remains. Are you up for the cup? Dan, are you up for the cup? I'm not going to tell you if I am or not because every time I say I am, we lose. <laughs> well, let's let's move on then because we've got two massive games coming up next. And when I say massive, massive games, uh, should we triumph in Bradford? One of the sides that we could potentially face at Wembley are Saturday's opponents, Peterborough United. Uh, currently riding high in fourth place, Darren Ferguson's posh are once again promotion contenders. And as they usually are, they will pose a serious challenge as they make the trip down to HP 12. Uh, boys, Peterborough on Saturday, followed swiftly by a trip to Bolton on Tuesday. That's going to be really tough. Um, but this is the, we've been building to this for weeks and weeks. This is the start of a really difficult stretch of fixtures that will almost certainly define our season. Um, but I'm going, you know, I'm going into this with a bit of hope. Um, you know, Peterborough are hard. They're a hard side to play. But we've got to remember that um, we pushed them. Uh, in in the reverse fixture, two all earlier on in the season, and I think that we were unfortunate not to leave with all three points. Um, how are you feeling about Saturday's game? And uh, do you think that our much changed chair boys have what it takes to compete with the big sides in the league? Absolutely, um, and I'm, I'm hoping that that goalkeeper who played against us uh, earlier in the year starts because <laughs> he was terrible. Um, Me too. Yeah. Yeah. So Teflon hands. I'm, I'm always really positive, actually, when we play Peterborough. It's just one of those sides, isn't it, who, however they're playing, we seem to play well against them. Even if we don't get a result, we seem to put in a decent performance. Um, I remember early last year, um, I think it was actually New Year's Day, wasn't it, going out there and Tafazoli had the game of his life and we won 3-0, I think. Um, I'm, I'm really, really positive about this game. Um, I think they've had a little, you know, it's... It's not a major disaster. They've had a couple of really odd results in the last couple of games. Um, and I think 
you know, we're we're going into it full of confidence, some fresh faces, which always gives everybody a bit of a kick up the arse. So yeah, I'm I'm really really positive about this. I think we're we're going to get something out of it, um, and and I really hope that it helps us kick on because, like you say, that game on Tuesday is an incredibly tough game. It's a tough place to go any time. Um, but on a Tuesday night, there's going to be a decent crowd there. Um, and probably, you know, like Dan said, three Wickham fans um, at, at Bradford in the semi-final, there'll probably be two Wickham fans and uh, in the Reebok Stadium. Is it still called the Reebok Stadium or has it been... No, it's called it's called, the, it's called the Tough Sheet, which is very, uh, very fitting yeah. For, yeah. For, for this Bolton side this yeah, season. Yeah, well, Tough sheet, I'll be calling it the Reebok. But um, whatever we can get out of Saturday, um, if we walk away with a point, I think we've got to put our hands up in the air and say let us a good point. Um, but but genuinely, I'm really, really positive after what I saw on uh, on Wednesday and then again on Saturday. Um, really positive about it. Um, you know, let's just hope that it all comes together. They've enjoyed a week on the grass and uh, and we can come away with three points. We've got to remember that Peter played last night and uh, scored all three goals in the game and um, overall lost um, to Exeter. And so they are vulnerable. They can be done. Uh, one of their players got sent off, so they won't be available for Saturday. And um, yeah, like Adam, I'm genuinely really looking forward to Saturday because I genuinely think we'll get something out of it. Um, we just want to see a good performance against them, don't we? We just want, don't want to roll over and die. I mean, against Peterborough, we don't often do that. But uh, it seems, like I've said in, in the past, you know, we get dragged down to team levels. Quite often when the good teams come, we go up a level. And, uh, and, and I think if we can do that on Saturday, we can definitely get something out of it. They had a really odd result against, um, against Wigan as well, didn't they? Where they, by all accounts, played the game of their lives had three million shots on target and still got beat. Um, and then they also had a a draw with Lincoln um, prior to that in the league. So they have stalled a bit. Um, and look, they're a good side. There's no there's no arguing with that. But, um, but I'd certainly rather be playing them now than three or four weeks ago when they were on absolute fire. And the same goes with Bolton. Bolton were on fire as well. And yeah, they've had a couple of difficult results in the last couple of games. And, and actually, these games seem to be coming at the right time for us, you know, just as we're picking up a bit and they're falling away a bit. Um, but, yeah, there's no hiding from the fact, like like both the boys have said, this is going to be a really tough challenge. Depends how we set up, where we where we want to go, whether we're going to push for another draw because they're up further up the table, uh, draw another draw is another point. The attitude going into the game, if we take, I've said, I say this every week, if we go with an attacking mentality, we'll score goals. Um, and we have done the last two games. We should do it against these ga- this game. We know they're vulnerable. Um, I think Josh Knight should have probably got sent. I know there was another player and it was quite far away from goal, but Josh Knight should have potentially got sent off for a situation similar to G-Max uh, against Cheltenham. So... Um, you know, I just, I hope we go into it thinking we can win this and actually go for it and try something a bit different. Well, look, here's, here's the point of the uh, pod where I annoy Adam with some history and some stats. Um, recent record against the posh. It ain't that bad. Uh, unbeaten in all competitions in four years. Uh, they haven't won at Adams Park uh, since they beat us 4-0 15 years ago, back in 2009. Uh, they do love a 4-0 over us, though. Uh, that was the exact result uh, the last time they beat us back in 2020. Uh, one thing that should be expected is goals. Uh, since our first encounter with them 51 years ago in the FA Cup, and in the subsequent 32 meetings since, there has never, get this, there's never been a goalless draw. So, yeah, um, get your bets ready. It's going to be a nil-nil, isn't it, now? now I've, I've, you've, I've you've jinxed it, haven't you? I've gone and said it. Um, with that in mind, uh, score predictions for Saturday, gentlemen. I'm going to go with 2-1 to us. I'm going to say 3-2 to us. I, you know what I'm going for. I mean, you've you've literally laid the foundations. Dan's going for one all. Guaranteed nailed on 5-3. <laughs> nailed on 5-3. Um, I'm going to go 
perhaps less uh, optimistic and adventurous, I'm going to go for a hard fought uh, and fiery and handbags out game. It always it always kind of sizzles when we play Peterborough. I'm going to go two one. Um, and we're going to have a lot of sour people on on the internet after after the game for sure. Um, quickly touching upon Bolton, the tough sheet, uh, all Reebok Stadium, whatever you want to call it, Adam. Um, they're they're one place above Peterborough. They're in third place. Uh, you know their form has uh, they've been very consistently good all season. Um, we 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 don't have much. Uh, History against Bolton. Our first game against them was back in 2019. I remember that one very well, actually. Uh, opening day of the season. Um, recent history hasn't been so good. Uh, one win, two losses in our last three games. Uh, they're a hard side to play against. It's going to be tough. It's going to be horrible. Um, it's one of those games I absolutely would bite your hand off at this point for a draw. Um, but yeah, score predictions for this one. Don't say 5-3, Dan. It's not going to be 5-3. Come on. Come on, son. Yeah, it's always difficult going it's only to five three. <laughs> <laughs> you can see the vein in your forehead going. You're like, God, say five three. I have to, yeah. If, it, if I don't say it, it'll happen. I just think they're the only team that, that I've seen come to Adams Park this season and completely play us off the park. We've had we've had some mm. bad performances, but that game against them, they were just all over us. Um, I'm going to try and stick my neck out and go for a one all draw. It's always difficult going to the Reebok. Sam Allardyce will make things difficult, lumping it along. JJ Okocha and uh, and Co will give us a tough night. Uh, no, in all seriousness, um, look, they're a, they're a really strong side. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at the at the team that they put out against Barnsley. Um, and for goodness' sake, I mean their bench is absolutely ridiculous. Calvin Ramsey, um, Cameron Jerome, um, John Bodvarson. Um, who's played championship football? Um, look, their starting lineup is is just an embarrassment of riches. We should not be going up there and winning. Um, however, you know we are in the same division as them. Um, I've got no doubt that Blooms will set us up to go up there and and be compact and try and prevent them from um, from getting the ball wide. They've got a young lad, I think it's Ashworth out on the wing, um, who's who's been coming into form for some time and I think if you um if you look at their results I try not to look too much at stats as you know but if you look at their results as um assisting scoring um uh, and the Bolton fans are um are, are loving him so um so yeah look, it's going to be tough uh but I am going to put my neck on the block and say we're going to come away from there with a 1-1 draw it's 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 a real toughie, and uh, I think the the reverse fixture uh, was a game where at the end of it, I just went, "Yep, that was that was pretty fair. That was pretty fair." Um, there was there was no uh, no arguing with the scoreline. I wasn't really even disappointed with the result because we were just beaten by a better side. And uh, big credit to the job that Ian Everts doing there. He is a uh, He's a he's a winner. He's got a great track record in management so far, and I think he's probably destined, uh, if if Bolton don't get promoted this season, to probably work further up the pyramid. Um, they play really good football, and uh, they absolutely, as Damo said, played us off the park. Uh, that was our biggest whooping so far this season. Hopefully, of the season. Um, yeah, I, I'll never predict. I'll never predict that we'll lose a game. So I'm going to have to go with a with a one all. I'd be absolutely delighted if we went uh, if we went there and we came away with a point. Uh, and also, I think confidence wise, that'd do the boys a, a hell of a lot of good. If we can come out of this this next two games with four points, that would just be. Uh, I think that that would help us understand that yes, we are capable of of what we say we are. We've got a good side. Um, and the future isn't as bleak as some on Twitter would have you believe. Uh, gentlemen, a pleasure as always. Uh, that'll do it for this week. Thank you for joining for another episode of the Heroes of HP12. If you haven't already, please subscribe on Spotify. And if you're loving the podcast, help us out by leaving a five-star review. You can follow us on Twitter at Heroes of HP12. You can follow Adam at APCWWFC. Dan at Dan Clark PR and Damien at Damo1507. We'll be back next week with more discussion on all things Chairboys. Until then, stay well and come on, you blues.
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.